everyone, welcome to the College Football Rundown. I'm Woj. And I'm Walt. And while we had an exciting week last week, some awesome games, ended the end of the day with a great one, Notre Dame and Clemson. Uh, super excited to talk about those and then the upcoming games for this week. Uh, just a little housekeeping beforehand, though. We have uh, DraftKings League from last week. We had Ewall06, who won with 175.38 points. Uh, first win for Ewall06. It also is his eligibility week for the swag contest. So with that win, uh, it makes him eligible for the swag contest, puts him in first place with 2.8 average. I'm in second with 3.1 and Cruz with, in third with uh, 3.5. Uh, as far as last week's contest goes, Ewald did win 175.38. A uh, couple big guys he had, a couple key guys. He actually took Mohamed Ibram, the running back from Minnesota, who was the most expensive on DraftKings that last week at 10K. So he took a took a hit on the roster there, Wall. But uh, it netted him 187 dollars uh, per point. So got better than value even at 10K. He he popped off, I think scored like 58 or something like that uh, points, which is huge. Uh, and then James 03 finished in second, followed by Walrus 67 and third. Uh, this week we'll play the main slate 14 game, or I guess the main slate 12 game, now that we've had a couple cancellations. Auburn, Mississippi State, and Ohio State and Maryland uh, will not be playing this weekend in that slate. But I'm pretty sure that's why they keep doing the 14, just to keep getting it back to 12. <laughs> Well, tell me about some of the games last weekend. How exciting was that Notre Dame-Clemson game? Well, I was so happy. First time this year, I really felt it, man. I felt like it was college football. Notre Dame beat Clemson 47-40. to Woj, you were watching that game? Yeah, I mean, even without, without it without, – I guess I should say, let's say this first, without uh, – the overtimes, the game still felt like they scored a lot of points. They they battled it out, man. I mean, these are two good defensive teams, especially Notre Dame. And that was pretty high scoring. Um, I was surprised at how high scoring it got, but that was awesome. It was fun to see that. It was unfortunate, though, with those refs, because that's the second game in a week. The ACC refs have just blown calls and just made the game feel agonizingly, painfully slow at the end, especially with the double challenge uh, or the double review on the Clemson touchdown when they ruled them down at like the half yard line that could have gone either way could have been in could it not but did we need to go to two uh two reviews just to check that I mean that's that's just ridiculous no it is ridiculous we know that we know the ACC refs are awful they're garbage you know I I'm going to send them a bill for my time last week fortunately though I think in this game which I don't think it affected the outcome of the game of who should have won I don't think it had a direct impact on it. Obviously, any call can impact the game. But, you know, I have a bigger gripe with this, actually, after the game, Woj. Did you see what Notre Dame is ranked now? Number two in the nation. Number two in the nation, Woj. What are these guys smoking? I mean, you need to drug test them before they could put their votes in, apparently, because you beat the number one team in the nation in a night game that everybody's watching, a team that's won – how many in a row? 36 in a row in the regular season. How many have they won in the ACC in a row? Notre Dame comes in there and beats them. They get a number two ranking, Woj. What's going on with that? Yeah, it just seems a little out of – it just doesn't look right. I mean, I guess to the people who are doing the AP poll, it doesn't look right to them. I mean, who is Alabama beat? Yeah, they beat Georgia, obviously, but Georgia just got beat again by Florida. So really, where are they? They did beat Texas A&M. 
and Texas A&M beat Florida. So, I mean, it's all just a jumbled up mix there. And But Notre Dame, with that game last night, definitely looked like both of those teams. Both of those teams could be number one or number two. I mean, I, there's Clemson played just as good as Notre Dame did. Notre Dame just ended up getting the win. Um, but I think they both should be one and two, to be honest with me. I don't think Clemson should have fell to four uh, as far back as they did. Bump Alabama bump. Bump Ohio State back. I don't care. Ohio State hasn't even played that many games. These guys looked – that looked like a national championship game well, and it felt like it all the way through and through. It did. I mean, those hosers, they got it wrong. Notre Dame sitting number two. It's pathetic. It's embarrassing. It's politics as finest. But you know what does excite me, though, Woj? Iowa last week. Crushed Michigan State 49-7. to Woo boy. And it felt like Iowa football wall, 227 rushing yards to 179 passing yards. Okay, that's what I'm talking about, right? That's absolutely right. They did it right this time, Woj. Yeah, I mean, that's more balance. Beatrice went for 50 attempts versus Northwestern the game before, went for 27 against Michigan State. That's in, But he's still, by the way, still less than 55% completion rating um, on the year, even with the 27 passes this week. I, it's just disgusting how they can, the, the Northwestern game, Mark, they can decide to throw the ball 50 times like that. I, I mean, they have good running backs. We saw that. They have a good offensive line. We saw that. Let's just keep it rolling like that. Let's keep that balance going. We had another one, Florida White. We already talked about Florida, but they beat Georgia. And they did it in a decisive fashion. A good Georgia D, 44-28, to Wall. That was a very surprising game. I'm not going to lie. Lost some live game betting on that one. I, I don't know. I don't know what happened to Georgia that game. I don't know where they went. Obviously, they're basically without a quarterback. Bennett couldn't do anything. Mathis came in, couldn't do anything. So it was a bit of a surprising game, but Florida crushed them. Yeah, I mean, we even had our, our guest on last week, my dad, Don Wojciechowski, and he was talking about, you know, Georgia's kind of beat up. And they uh, definitely looked like they beat up, and they got beat up even more <laughs> uh, against Kyle Trask, uh, who is now just super consistent on the year. 22 touchdowns on the year, and that's only five games, Wall. Single-season record was Joe Burrow last year, threw 60 touchdowns. He did it in 15 games. If Trask were to make it to the national championship game, He'd have only 12 games under his belt to do it, but it could be possible. There could be possible there. It'd be it'd be one hell of a story to talk about Trask and then beating Burrow's record the year after with less games. So, I um, mean, 22 TDs in five games is just absolutely sick. He's thrown six in his first one and four ever since then. Um, he's just solid. Florida the offense looks good. Um, I I want I I just wish there was some out of conference play here so I could kind of gauge this, but it looks good. I like it. Another thing to mention in that game, Kyle Pitts got a, went into concussion protocol after taking a big hit. Uh, so he's out possibly for this weekend and maybe the near future. All right, let's move on to some games for this week, Wall. Some exciting ones, some high-scoring ones, some great DFS games. This is one hell of a slate for DFS, even with the uh, newest edition of Ohio State and Maryland not playing because of COVID, because uh, Ohio State had the highest implied points on the on – the, uh, Slate, but now they're out. But still, great slate. We got number eight Miami six and one at Virginia Tech four and three at 11 a.m. on ESPN two. Wall. This will be a game to watch, Woj. You know, Virginia Tech right now minus one and a half, two, depending where you're looking on the books. Over under in this game, you alluded to it, 67 and a half. That's a big one. It's up there. Shocker of the week. You know, this line to me, shocker of the week. The real Jay Z messaged me actually, Woj, Monday. You know, you got to check out this line at. You know, Miami is getting points against Virginia Tech. I was like, nah, don't believe it. 
looked it up. Sure enough, <laughs> he wasn't lying. The real Jay-Z was not lying to me. I couldn't believe it. You know, I looked into it, checked my system. My system had Virginia Tech only plus one. You know, I put some money down on it right away. Two thoughts, though, reason why it's there. You know, the market so knows something we don't. That could be a possibility, right? Well, there's COVID out there. Somebody's injured. Who knows? Maybe there's something that we don't know that these uh, market makers will call them do know. Second reason, pure belief that Virginia Tech is going to come out ready to kill someone. They lost <laughs> They lost to Liberty 38 to 35. You know, that, you know, that's so the, while you're telling me a team that just lost to Liberty is giving points to the number eight Miami. That's what I'm telling you, Woj, and I'm telling you it's got to be one of these two reasons, and maybe it is the latter. Maybe they're just pissed off that they lost to that Liberty team, but you know what? That Liberty loss, as much as we make jokes about it, it's not that unexpected. The Flames are a good football team. You know, and as an aside, they should be in the top 20, I think, Woj. They're going to actually play Coastal Carolina the last game of the season. There's going to be some uh, some top 20 rankings up for grabs in that game. So I'm excited for that. But back to this one, Virginia Tech, you know, they might just be coming out pissed off for that loss. Miami, definitely a team that's trending down. They faced the easiest ACC competition so far that they could have had this season. It's it's a tough sell to bet against a team with only one loss being a Clemson. You know, that's Miami, obviously, with their only loss being a Clemson. Clemson was that number four ranked team. I had to get that number one out of my head. Well, you number one for so long that you just want to say Clemson number one ranked, but it's going to be confusing for a little while there. Derek King, though, Houston transfer, still playing some ball back in that quarterback one spot, that QB one spot, thrown for 1,831 yards, accounted for 16 biscuits in the basket. That's what we call putting it in the end zone, Woj. He's thrown less than one interception a game. Yeah, uh, he's good. Uh, we've talked about him before in this. And as far as DraftKings goes this, goes this week, we're going to have uh, – we're going to take one premier quarterback, at least one premier quarterback. And maybe we'll fiddle with a roster in a tournament play with two premier quarterbacks. So who are our premier quarterbacks right now without Justin Fields in the mix? You have Kendon Solvis and Dari King. So you're looking at high implied points – games that they're going to score a lot of points, and this is one for Dariq King. He's 9300 this week, so he's expensive. Now, he's not going to be cheap. I didn't say you're going to have to, you know, you're going to get uh, get this cheap, but you're going to have to pay some money, and you were going to this week because these guys are just too good. King last week for Sensi State, well, 54.8 points. 54.8 points. Over 100 yards rushing and 430 yards in the air. I mean, that's a lot of offense from one guy. Holy shit. Let's 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 think about this though, because Cameron Harris, the running back from Miami, is fifty nine hundred. And everyone, everyone, every optimizer I've seen, everyone talking about these games this weekend has talked about how he's the guy to pick up. He's the one that's gonna crush it because Virginia Tech's run defense isn't all that good and all this other bull crap. I don't believe it, because if Dariq King is gonna get the ball and he's gonna rush for a hundred yards against NC State, he's going to do the same thing against Virginia Tech. I mean, Cameron Harris is pissed. He voiced his concerns to the team that he's not getting enough carries. He ended up getting 15 carries last week. And even with those 15 carries, Reed King still out yardaged him on less carries in more yards. So I, I, if if it's not broke, don't fix it, right? Well, Reed King is the best running back on the team. I don't care about Cameron Harris, and I'm not going to pick him up at 5,900. I think that's just a wasted amount of money on somebody. Now you get what you pay for, you know. I like Dre King spending the money. You said I did some money, but hey, you gotta spend money to make money. But in this game, the offense not even a likely a question for Miami. The question is gonna be Woj, the defense. Virginia Tech scoring 
37.3 points per game. Puts them just outside the top 20. You know, Hooker, quarterback back there, slinging shots for the Hokies. He's thrown 870 yards in only five games. His main weapon, Trey Turner. I'm guessing that's somebody you're looking at. It is. And let me talk about Hennon Hooker. Hennon Hooker is the second most expensive quarterback on the team, or in, in the slate. And Herbert, the running back for Virginia Tech, is the third most expensive running back in the slate. Now, Herbert's questionable. He might not even play. I uh, got taken out of the Liberty game last week, but with an hamstring issue. But he might play, he might not. But Hooker has—he's hard to gauge because he's kind of the team in some aspects where he runs a lot. Uh, with with Herbert out, it might help him get more yards or not. But uh, I don't like taking Hooker in this one. I like taking Trey Turner as an option, especially cheap because he's only 4,500. Well. And this guy has been nutso as far as consistency and completions. Um, the other wide receiver from Virginia Tech would be Tevon Robinson, and he's the, he's 4,600. But he's struggled, and he hasn't done as well. He's essentially wide receiver one, and Turner's wide receiver two. But Turner's done better. Turner's converting 78% of his targets into receptions this season and has gone 17 for 19, 17 for 19 in his last four consistency is always the price to pay when you're in a cash game. So if you're taking in a cash game and you're looking for that cheap wide receiver at 4,500 in a game that a team's supposed to be close and score points, Trey Turner's my the guy I'm looking for, for sure. Maybe even in a tournament for, for that kind of price wall. Consistency is key. Well, it's key in anything. I'll tell you what's consistent. Miami, their defense is consistently bad, you know, giving up 390 <laughs> yards a game. That, it's going to make this game high scoring. That's one of the reasons why this over-under is sitting at 67 and a half as it is. You know, get a high scoring even matchup like this one. You know, either team can win it as far as who's going to win the game. Either team can win it when you're scoring that many points and the game's that closely, you know, ranked against each other. Betting a ranked underdog against an unranked team. We've talked about this before, Woj. It's the gambler's biggest mistake. Got to be a true gambler, though, and make that mistake. So I'm going to do it again. I'm going to take Miami. I already took him at two and a half. I'll likely take him again in a different line. You know, I might get a – I'm probably going to get a better than the closing number, so I'll be able to hedge if I need to, but I'm going to make that mistake. <laughs> I like it. Uh, a couple other notes for DraftKings in this game. Mike Harvey, the wide receiver from Miami at 6,900, would be your stack with the King. Uh, he's had at least one touchdown in his last three games and looking and is looking for his third 100-plus rushing yard or receiving yard game in a row. And remember, after the 100 yards, they get plus three points on DraftKings, so that's big. Uh, it's always bonus points there. And, and, you know, something has clicked in the last few weeks between King and Harley because Harley has gone 18 for 21 compared to 17 to 33 in his first five weeks. Again, the last few weeks, the last two weeks, he's gone 18 for 21 compared to the 17 for 33 in the first five. So something's clicked there. Uh, they're working out well. That'd be a really good stack. 9,300 for Derek King, 6,900 for Mike Harley. Uh, something also to keep an eye on for possibly a triple stack in this game from Miami would be the tight end situation. Devin Jordan is 4,600 and Will uh, Mulroy is 4,400. Uh, Jordan was injured and there's no news yet this weekend if he's going to play. Uh, it's I think he's listed as questionable, not probable right now. Uh, Mulroy is in his absence has gone 10 for 16 for 187 yards and three TDs. At 4,400 in a triple stack like this where they're going to score points, I'm going to take him. It's just a cheap option. 
So the stack altogether, if you include him, would be uh, 20,600. And in a game that's possibly going to be close, could go to overtime, I would predict 300 at least per point with a very high ceiling in this game. And there's another stack I want to talk about a little bit later in another game, um, which I think is possibly better. But again, this is just what you do in a tournament play. You find these stacks, you live on them, you look for high ceilings. This is a high ceiling stack. I would go with it. Let's move on to our next game while we're heading to the Big Ten. We got number 10, Indiana, who's playing out of their minds 3-0 at Michigan State, who got beat up by our Hawkeyes. 1-2, 11 a.m. on ABC. And this is a game that gets me going, man. I'm excited for this one, excited from a wagering standpoint especially. Indiana right now, minus 7, minus 7.5 a little earlier. The spread's moving. You're probably going to see that hook on off. Over under a 52, plus or minus maybe half a point, where, depending where you're looking. But I have a vote proposal I'd like to propose this, Woj. I say we kick Michigan State out of the Big Ten. <laughs> oh. Can you second that for me, Woj? Because they, um. they never – do it. Second it for me. Just go ahead. It's second. Seconded. Thank you. You've seconded it. We need to kick them out. They never bring anything to the table other than ruining Big Ten team seasons. You know, that's all Michigan State lately brings to the table. This is a team that lost to Rutgers. You know, I for those of you driving, I, you might have missed that. But this is a team that lost to Rutgers. They beat Michigan 27 to 24. I get it. Michigan's not a great team this year. My pocketbook agrees with that rough loss last week. But still, Michigan State then goes on to lose to the number one ranked Iowa Hawkeyes, 49 to seven. You get that? Well, yeah, who have just lost back-to-back games too miserably, by the way. They they did, but they're still number one ranked in my heart, so that's what counts. You know, who knows what team will show up this week? Rocky Lombardi, quarterback for Michigan State. You know, passing the pigskin over there, completing 58% of his passes in three games, touchdowns and interceptions. Near equal, six to five. Stat I like to look at in pocket colors, Woj. I like to see their contribution to the team just through that one touchdown interception stats. You know, Rocky Lombardi, not great stats by any metric. Indiana, a team playing good football. Evidence, that big fat zero in that loss column, Woj. They don't have one loss yet. I feel like that should be more important than it is these days, but that's a conversation for another day, I guess. Michael Penix back there. He's just a sight to see, Woj. Only been sacked four times on the season. Gets away from the limited pressure that he does actually get. QBR, which is a quarterback rating of 134, with that touchdown to interception ratio that I just mentioned, it's being at 7-1. Seven, seven touchdowns, one interception. Good numbers there. Stevie Scott, Samson James, averaging 3.6 and 3.9 yards per rush, respectively. Those are all good numbers. A credit to the offensive line. Listen up, Woj. Caleb Jones, Harry Kreider, Matthew Bedford, Mackenzie Nora, Mike Caddick, replaced by Dylan Powell against Michigan. That's some name dropping. Those big hog mollies up front there, run down, finally giving the offensive line some credit they deserve. They definitely deserve credit over there on the Indiana football team. Good play calling, too, by the first-year offensive coordinator, Nick Sheridan, helps. I like Indiana in this game. Give me that consistent team. I'm not going small on this one, Woj. I I like it. In, Indiana's defense has been playing solid. Uh, they've done and been doing well. And you know what hasn't been doing well? As far as defense goes, Michigan State's run defense is absolutely horrendous. They've given up 3.7 touchdowns a game so far this year just on the ground. Just on the ground. So here's the thing. Stevie Scott, the running back for Indiana, is 7,200. 
So he hasn't hit anywhere near that. If he was, if he was just to go, his average wouldn't hit anywhere near 7,200. His price per, per point would be somewhere in the upwards of 500, 600 dollars per point. But I'm a fee- have a feeling people are catching in onto this terrible Michigan State run defense. And they're going to be like, well, Stevie Scott's going to pop off this game. Just an option. He's consistent, though, as far as carries. He's gotten at least 20 every game. He's right around 20. I think he had 21, 22, and 20, something like that in those three games. So it's just something to keep an eye on. Iowa rushed for 227 yards against him last week. So uh, Stevie Scott might be an option. He's pretty expensive. You'd have to put some money into that one. Uh, But, listen, Indiana's expected points is 29.25. It's pretty decent. So if the running back can get it going, he can get it going. Uh, their quarterback is fairly good, too, and he's got a good wide receiver over there. We won't talk about them this week because I'm not quite sure I want to play them. But Stevie Scott is an option at 7200 if you want to spend some money on a running back. Let's move on to another juicy game. Well, this one's real juicy. I love this one. Louisville 2-5 and five at Virginia 2-4. and four. I love those awful teams. 2.30 p.m. in the ACC <laughs> Network. Oh, yeah, boys. I don't disagree with you either. Virginia minus four and a half. Obviously, they're the favorite in this one over under 66 and a half. That's up there. This is a rescheduled game from last Saturday. Made sense. Both schools having buys. Hey, a little bit of COVID problem. Let's reschedule it for next week when both teams have buys. That's what they did. That's why they're playing this weekend. Great job by the ACC to use their heads. Hey, ACC, let's use your heads and get some new officials out there while you're at it. But Virginia, a team that beat North Carolina last game, 44-41. to Good game to watch throughout. Outcome really kind of surprised me. But how North Carolina's quarterback lit it up, lit up that Virginia D for 443 yards, four touchdowns. Virginia rush D performed better, though, just giving up a little over two yards per carry. Louisville, a team that has done nothing this season, really. They claim wins against Florida State and Western Kentucky. You know, the rest is losses, those big L's over there. My system in this one has Louisville as the favorite. I don't necessarily agree with that, but that's what the system says. So you have a system to keep yourself in check, keep your emotions in check. I'll likely go with it considering, you know, they are the underdog propensity this year for the underdogs to win. It's just a really tough thing to do to bet it on this dysfunctional Louisville team. Yeah, the Virginia pass D is terrible. Uh, It's really quite awful. Uh, Like Wall said, Howell threw for 443 yards and four TDs, and they're giving up the most yards in the air per game on the slate with 312.2 in yards per attempt. And so this yards per attempt is yards per passing attempt, I should say, is a stat that correlates a lot with winning than losing. So you're going to be able to tell their two and four record is is pretty spot on with this number it's the highest in the slate at 9.9 that's yards per passing attempt 9.9 so even a non-completed passing attempt i mean that's that's absolutely awful uh only two teams this year um have not thrown for more than 300 yards against them and that was duke and nc state and both of them threw for just under 240 yards so it's not like they did terrible uh, malik cunningham the quarterback for louisville this is a big one this is going to be a big stack too so listen to me and keep with me here he's 8100 on DraftKings this week so he's on the cheaper side of quarterbacks um i don't know why a lot of these optimizers and a lot of these people aren't putting him higher or DraftKings didn't put him higher but this is one of those games that just jumps out at me and that number jumps out at me at 8100 cunningham has done good and bad and it's versus poor and good teams like he didn't do very well against notre dame 
but he's done really good against pretty much everybody else. He's 249.4 yards per game, um, and he's only had two sub-100-yard games, and that one was was the Notre Dame game, and I think there was another one in the other one. I think he actually was right around 100 in both of those. But when I did my lineups and I did my optimization this week, I set him at 34 points easy, and I always take the kind of – the under on those those numbers. So 34 points, I think, is low for him here. I think he can go much higher. So let's stack him up with a receiver. You got 2-2 Atwell, which was their number one wide receiver at Louisville. He's a 6,500. So not that expensive either. Uh, he's had the highest targets and receptions on the team. Um, other than the Notre Dame game, he didn't do very well in that. Uh, but the game was 12-7, to so it was more of like a defensive battle in that one. I have him at 25-plus points. I think you could see this anywhere upwards of 35-plus points, but 25 is very reasonable. In just that double stack, you're at 14,600, and I'm guessing 59 points out of that. So that's 247 per point. Now let's triple stack this, especially if you're in a tournament. This is a really good option. I would like a higher implied point total from Louisville, like 31. Like Wall said, the system has it as a favorite, so they could get more than they're implied right now. Des Fitzpatrick, the wide receiver from Louisville, is 4,400. 4,400, and he's the second most targets and receptions of the team, coming off a big game versus Virginia Tech where he scored 29.8 points. Sub-100 yard game here for 18 points. So I'm giving him the, the, the raw end of the stick here, only 18 points. So the full stack costs you 19K even. With 77 points, it's $246 a point, and that's low. There's a very high upside in this. I think way higher than the Miami game, uh, depending on if the Miami game goes into overtime, obviously. So this option also could get quad stacked. I'm calling it, Wall. This could get quad, quad stacked. <laughs> this could get quad stacked. <laughs> Marshawn Ford, the tight end from Louisville, is 4000 so that gives us two low-cost options in Fitzpatrick, who's only 4,400, and Marshawn, who's only 4K. So we're not spending much into this, which then relieves the rest of our roster. And he has high upside in this as well, especially if they're going to score touchdowns. Uh, Louisville this week is slated to score 30.50 50 points. And like Wall said, it could go the other way. could go even higher. Add another touchdown onto that. So I like the, the triple stack for sure. Quad stack is if you're just getting risky, thrown in a bunch of rosters, that's a possibility on that one. Uh, just keep keep an open mind going into that game, open mind into the quad stack wall. All right. Hey, let's move I like on to it, some. I yeah, like see, I, I know. I knew you'd like it. I knew you'd like the quad stack. TM, by the way. Uh, number 20, USC 1 0 at Arizona 0 0, because they got their, uh, their first game postponed, or I guess canceled. Uh, I don't think they're going to make up any games in the Pac-12, but 2.30 p.m. on Fox, Wall. USC minus 14.5, over under 67.5. Hey, bookmakers, let's get rid of that hook. Let me go at you. But, you know, I have to throw some Pac-12 in here today, Woj. We did a disservice to the people last week by not talking to them, not talking about them, I should say. It was their first week back. This is a tough game to figure, though. Obviously, you kind of mentioned already, but we've had eyes on USC only once this season. Arizona was canceled because of the Utah game, they uh, just did not play, Woj. They didn't play, so we have not seen them play. With such little information, a game like this, it's generally best to leave it to the professionals, Woj. But we're going to go ahead and talk about it anyway. I watched a lot of the highlights from this game on Pac-12 after dark show. Great show. Got to plug it. I didn't get to see this game live, 
It was on at the same time our Hawkeyes were playing, Woj. I'm sure you know that. Yeah. Our yeah, Hawkeyes sure kicking the ass out of Michigan State, by the way, 49-7. to Just want to reference that again. They were, yeah, they did, I should say, and they got. I watched every single point of it. I like to turn all the screens I have on the exact same Iowa game when they play. You know, it helps me get the feeling that I'm back in Iowa. It's a bit of an inside joke, I guess. But one thing I do know about this game, Keaton Slovis, 40 of 55 passing, 381 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, put on a clinic, Woj. He broke the USC record for completions in a game. We're not talking about some scrum-dumb team. This is USC. USC, Woj. USC record for completions in the game. We're talking about quarterbacks such as Liner, Palmer, Barkley, Darnold, Kessler, Sanchez. You know, for our fans out there listening on AM radio, no, that's not a plug at your age, but Marinovich, Pat Hayden, Rodney Pete, all old-time quarterbacks. These are good quarterbacks. What did Slovis do? He crushed the record with his completions. Hey, Woj, we, we never brought up that uh, – uh, you can actually listen to the rundown on Alexa, did we? No, we haven't, but you can. Alexa or Siri. You just talk to Siri, talk to Alexa, tell them play the college football rundown by Wojen Wall podcast, and they'll play it. Yeah, shameless plug. Well put in there, Woj. I like it. Arizona, you know, they're a team that struggled heavily last year against the pass. We just got done talking about how good Slovis is, QB1 for USC. Arizona, he's going up against this week. They struggled last year heavily against the pass. They gave up. Just around 290 yards a game. They were the top six worst team in the nation when it came to pass defense. You know, Woj, you're the DraftKings guy, but I'll say it right here. You know, you'd be a fool not to put Slovis in your lineup, him playing this week. I like USC in this game, laying the points. I'm going to try to get that hook off, as I kind of alluded to. I think it might be a little difficult, though. If I can't get that hook off, I'll likely play on an alternate line to get at plus money at 15 or 16, perhaps higher, depending what I can get. Hey, well, I'll be right back. I got to go turn off my Alexa. She turned down the Wojen Wall podcast. Stupid Alexa. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I got. I can't leave on that this game. So Keaton Solvis, <laughs> like you said, well, he's 8,600 this week. So there are a few, and we talked about this before, there's a few options. You're going to take a big high-profile quarterback, and we talked about Dariq King earlier. Uh, now with Je- Justin Fields out of the picture, Keaton Solvis is definitely in the picture. Uh, Solvis only scored 27.3 points last week, even though he did all that work. Only scored 27.3. Threw the ball 55 times, completed 40, like you said, for 72% completion rating. Uh, the USC implied point this week or weeks are 41, being the second, or I, I guess now he is the highest because I think, yeah, they are the highest. At 41, be, uh, was uh, Justin Fields and Ohio State being the most, but now that they're not playing, Solvis is the highest for uh, implied points. So if there's that many more TDs to get, he can do it. Problem is last week he didn't get that many TDs, only got two TDs. So get him a couple more TDs, get him in there, he'll skyrocket up that chart. He's kind of like a uh, a pocket passer, though, pro-style passer. So he's not going to run the ball, not going to get all those rushing yards near the goal line, but if he does, it's a bonus point. I'm all in for it. Uh, there are two decent running backs in this game at cheap options to play. They did use three. It was a three-headed monster last week, but one of them is just way too much money. Stephen Carr, who scored the most, he's at 6,200. Uh, but he only scored, I think, like 16. The other one scored around 15. Uh, I think one scored 11. So it's not like 
it's it's that big of a, it shouldn't have been that big of a, a price jump on Stephen Carr. I would just take out of the picture altogether. But all three of them do get in the passing game and are involved in it. So their options, especially cheap ones, 4,400 for uh, Marquise Steep. Uh, I did not take him last week. I went with the other guy at 4,900, Vivali Malapi. I, 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 well, I'm, I'm just going to say Malapi because I like it. It looks like, kind of like Malapi, but we're just going to run with it. <laughs> it's, it's better than Tunga Vailoa. Uh, but at 4,900, I took him. Did decent. Scored me, I think, 14 points or 15 points. Uh, caught a bunch of passes out of the backfield. Both of those are options at running back, especially if you're just searching for that really cheap running back that's going to get you some sort of points. They were heavily involved in the pass game. Uh, I think 7, 5, and 9 was the uh, targets from all three of them. Stephen Carr, who was the most expensive, getting the least amount of uh, targets. So just keep that in mind. Wide receiver options in this one. Big ones. Okay, so we got three. Everyone's talking about and everyone's hyping him up. Amon Ra St. Brown, the wide receiver from USC, the the essentially number one at 6,700. He's the most expensive option. He had 12 targets, the most targets last week. He hit 100 yards receiving on the button, so he got the extra plus three points. The other guys to think about are Tyler Vaughn's at 5,200. Vaughn's is the cheapest option out of the three. Still got nine targets, hauled in seven of them. Uh, didn't have many yards, but he did have a TD, um, so that that helped his points. And at 5,200, that's cheap. Then your other one is Drake London, who got the most points at 5,800. Uh, he went 29.5 with 125 yards passing or receiving yards. Got nine targets, received eight of them. He's the better option here just because of his consistency. I like the nine targets with eight grabs instead of the 12 targets with with eight, with six grabs. Uh, he's hauling in those points for me. I like that. I like that uh, steadiness and consistency. I would go with London this week, but any of those are options, especially in a cash game. Uh, Amar St. Brown uh, did have the most uh, targets, so keep that in mind as well. Now, Wall, on to the best part of the week. Best part for me, the Wojan Wall pick. And last week, all of us won, including our guest star, Don Wojciechowski, my dad. He took Notre Dame at plus six. I took Maryland at plus 25. You took Washington State at plus 1.5. So we all took the underdogs last week, Wall, and we, we had three wins. Woj, did Maryland win the game? Maryland did win the game, Wall. Woj, do you notice not only did we take the underdogs, our underdogs not only covered the spread, our underdogs won the games outright. All three of them won. That? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just That's... noticed that now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope That's for those people that did put money on Maryland last week on the money line uh, that you got you got your payday there because I know I think it was uh, 335 plus 335 on DraftKings last week uh, right around game time. That's some good money, which I did not, unfortunately. I did have the money line on Washington State, though. All right, all right. Uh, Wall, who are you taking this week? Who's your big play? Well, just so much to pick from. I really like the opportunities this week. Indiana minus seven, though. Put it on the board. You know, tell Siri, tell Alexa, hey, Alexa, put my house on Indiana minus seven. With how good Indiana's been playing and how bad Michigan State's been playing, I love that pick. I love the seven points. Everyone doesn't trust Indiana yet, but you better watch out. They're going to be 4-0 after this weekend. Well, Miami plus 1.5 is my pick. I just don't understand why they're not favored in this. Uh, I've been looking through news. Uh, I'm calling people. 
uh, I'm about to take a trip down to Miami to figure out really what the hell the f- is going on here because this is just ridiculous. I'm giving getting points 1.5 versus Virginia Tech. Give me Miami, Wall. I like it, Woj. I'll be cheering with you. I got them at two and a half, though. I hate to brag. Thanks for listening, everyone. You can catch us on Twitter at WWCFB. Our Instagram's college underscore football underscore rundown. Our website, which you can get all our podcasts and information and contact me and Kyle on, is collegefootballrundown.com. Thanks again for listening, everybody. I'm Woj. I'm Walt. And this was the College Football Rundown. We're out. We're out.